All right, welcome everyone to a live podcast recording of the Iron Ring with hosts from Women in Engineering. We are streaming on YouTube live from Concordia University's fourth space, which is located on unceded indigenous lands in Jochage, Montreal. Here at fourth space, we collaborate with our community members to activate the research projects and ongoing conversations across the university by co-creating daily activities. So it's our pleasure to welcome WIE back in today for this live podcast conversation with their special guests who will be introduced shortly. Um, just a quick note of engagement. If you're joining us via Zoom, please feel free to jump in with any questions and comments towards the end by lifting a hand and we'll call on you. All right, over to you. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Iron Ring. I'm your host, Amelia. I'm Emily. And today we also have Olivia, a civil engineering student. Um, so on this episode of the Iron Wing Ring, we have Aze das, das Malchi. Um, she's the co-founder of Vital Tracer, a company that focuses on technology that can help prevent cardiovascular diseases through monitoring and tracking of symptoms or signs. Um, also, before we begin, I would just like to thank once again the Force Space for allowing us to film this podcast over here. Um, check them out, please. They have a bunch of events happening. So before we begin, um, we just want to get to know you a little bit. So you've obtained a bachelor's in biomedical engineering, um, a master in bio and medical biophysics, a second master in biomedical wow. and medical engineering, and are currently a PhD candidate in biomedical and medical engineering, right? Right. So it's all actually biomedical engineering. All of them. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So we wanted to know kind of what inspired you to follow this path. And did you know that this is kind of where you were going to go when you were younger? Yeah, so um, it started when I was seven years old. Uh, my brother asked me that what I want to be in future. And I said, hmm, scientist. And um, I always had um, yeah, Edison as a, my role model. And I want I, I always wanted to do, in a way, some things that is really useful for everyone and make their life much more easier, like a lamp, like a power, some things like that. And then, I, so it's, I was always curious and energetic, so it goes back when I was grade 10, we're supposed to decide, uh, like, what we want to do in terms of college and universities, and I asked my friends, families, and uh, a friend of mine used to say that there is a new um, major that calls biomedical engineering that they do design and development and new medical devices. It's like, awesome, I like that. Let's go and do a study. <laughs> so we graduated from high school, goes to the university in, um, in United Arab Emirates. I, I grown up there. And um, so I study biomedical engineering. Uh, we develop as a part of the different projects that we had, uh, different medical devices. Then we moved for my uh, master and then PhD in Ottawa University, biomedical engineering. And um, when I started my master at the very same year, 2010, uh, my dad diagnosed with a high blood pressure and he doesn't really like the cuff device, which is goes around the arm, inflate and deflate. Uh, and he has to be tethered to the device. So he really doesn't like it. So I would start to find some things like a more in terms of wearables, like a watch. And I couldn't find it. At the same time, I started my master. I needed uh, like a thesis topic. Yeah. So I come uh, with a new 
blood pressure device without cough, actually. Is so, it like, was it like a watch or? So uh, I proposed 10 times each <laughs> six months. So at the end, we come up with the optical sensor and AI technology. And then the optical sensors came as, as a watch, like the same as Apple Watch. But it wasn't Very Apple cool. Watch. It, there wasn't any smartwatch at that time. Mm, okay. And um, so we started with the design of the watch. But right now, as a medical device, right now we are working on a patch on a chest. Okay. So no longer watch because... Um, the watch, the wrist is moving very fast, so okay. it has uh, lots of errors, but the chest for the patient has a less movement. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. It's really cool that you're studying or you're working on all of that too, because I'm sure a lot of people have family who has some type of, you know, someone in their family has something an health issue with, illness, their, yeah. with their cardio and their, their heart health. So I think this is a really important thing to at least help. You know, like you don't want to have to, you're right, carry anything super baggy on your arms or have something that's true. Constantly, like a little bag you have to carry around. So it's really, that's really cool that you're doing that. Thank you. So you co-founded Vital Tracer back in 2016. Right. Um, can you explain the initiative of the startup and what inspired you to co-found this company? So the, the main reason was uh, my dad's problem, hypertension. And at the same time, I need a thesis topic. Okay. <laughs> so that's really important. So I started working on this subject, which was uh, pretty new in 2010. So, and then in, in 2014, it took like a four years, um, not normal to the master, but it took a much more time to finish it, wrap it up. So in 2014, I finished my master and had a proof of concept that this technology is really working. And then um, still- so it's a long process, right, to get there? Exactly, exactly. And then at the, the same time, after that, I started my PhD, the same project to put it in the reality. And uh, in 2016, when we finish all the part of the research, mm -hmm. then we um, goes to start doing a real business. So then we start to go in different accelerators and incubators to learn about what is entrepreneurship, what's, how we have to con how we should convert uh, academic research to the real project. And then we learn slowly, step by step. We took a baby step. Very interesting. Um, did you face any challenges starting Vital Tracer? Oh, every second. <laughs> Can you like every talk about second. that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, when um, the, the, the first thing when we started the project, like a proof of concept was something's really new. So we had to try lots of, I have to try lots of different, uh, I read like a 500 papers to wow. come up with the, the design before that, like I said, and like a six different proposal that this is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to work. And each time it's like fail, fail, fail. So you have to try and try and try. So I really learn resilient by every single DNA in my blood. That's research, right? Yeah. yeah, it's pure research. And then when we finalize everything in research, then we had the time to learn about a business because before that we were a bunch of PhD nerd student in engineering. <laughs> so we have to learn what's the business plan, business canvas, like it, Sam, Pam, Sam, Som, and all those informations, how to pitch, how mm -hmm. to go so on more and more. And Did then, you reach out to like business uh, students to help you with that? At the very 
uh, in 2015 and 2016, mm -hmm. I started my PhD at the Ottawa, and they, they had a in the Faculty of Engineering, they start with the entrepreneurship workshops. And, okay. and then we have a, like a women network in engineering and the, like a different student in different levels gather together to learn and implement. So they all choose a vital tracer and we start learning together to build it. So cool, yeah. we never use like a ask any uh, business student, but all the bunch of volunteer students start to learning together and build something. Okay, so this was offered then at U Ottawa, like to have that opportunity kind of to talk to people. Because I was going to say, you know, when you're doing um, a PhD, I'm sure, I mean, we're still bachelor students, so right. it's still different. But the amount of time that must have taken, then you have to go on top of that and look into the business side. So it must have consumed a lot of your time. All that. It, it was, but uh, at the same time with our volunteer team in engineering, we had uh, people with the first year and second year of undergrad engineering, and we have a master people as well, okay. master students and PhD. So we have uh, like a, all the engineering students in any level could enter to those networking hubs as a considering herself as a female and then be together in the workshops and learn about it and take courses. That's awesome. At least well, we have a group of like women who understand too, of course, because I'm sure in engineering, again, we've spoken about this. It's a, really the core of our, our society talking about, you know, trying to get women to join into this program and to, to, to start. So to have, you know, a group of women who understand the struggles and being able to work together is, I think, super, super nice and important to have. So that's really nice. And did you have any kind of competition with like people like men in the programs who are trying to, to either tear you guys down with your ideas and that, did that work? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's really normal-ish. It, it shouldn't be, really. but it is. Yeah, um, like um, I, for when I proposed my last proposal, um, uh, it was really good enough that uh, one of my ex-supervisors said that this is a really good idea. Let's bring... Uh, um, some expert in cardiovascular medical doctor. And then the guy was a head of hypertension in, a, in one hospital and he was senior. And, uh, but when I start saying that, yeah, using optical sensor and AI, that was not fit on his age, like 80 ish. Okay. So he was like, this is not going to work and walk away in the middle of my pitch. Wow. So, so that, but, but it's, it's very understandable. I cried that day and the whole week. And, and then um, one of my colleagues said that, you know what, I know that you're sad, but try to be understand. They hardly can turn on and off the computer. And you talk about artificial intelligence. Come on, what do you, <laughs> what do you expect? It's and the blood pressure device is working for more than a one century. Yeah. Why we want to push medical doctors and nurses to use a new technology? Right. I think it's a big barrier in general with a lot of the, the old doctors who have been in the industry for a very long time. Because, of course, if it works, like you said, why change it? But I think that at least with all you know, the young people going into the medical field or into the engineering field, things are adapting very, very quickly, right? So you have to kind of be on top of everything and be able to to follow everything advancing. So I think it's it must have been hard for you to hear like, no, this is not going to work. But at the same time, at least you know that everything's changing and everything's moving forward. So And thanks to COVID, COVID changed everything. Yeah. Now, now in the healthcare, they are thinking about 
digital health and using uh, wearable technology for patient remote monitoring. And now it's, it's everything's like with us. Before that, lots of things against us. And True. We, we were like a two, two co-founders, we both females, we have a two more co-founders, males, but um, as a face of company, we are two females. So you're four, you're four. Yeah, two female, and uh, we are not that much well mature in a medical device area, which is not usually white males and well mature, like a 60-ish. <laughs> So it's, it's not really easy to do like fundraising. Still, we are a struggle, but, but we learn. We learn a lot. I think that's one of like the positive aspects of COVID. Like they, it forced you to learn all this new technology, especially for like the older generations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even for us in school, like us, adapting yeah. to, to Zoom classes. I'm, I don't know if you were, you were in CJEP when you were doing that? Yeah, or? I started in CJEP. So, I mean, even for me, I started university and it was two months in person then online. Mm. So that was really rough. And I, and I knew that a lot of the, the teachers who had been at Concordia for a while really struggled True. trying to especially engage the students online, too. But just switching to COVID and going the, to, to Zoom and trying to learn all of that, even for us, like sometimes it takes a, obviously we can probably learn a bit faster, but when you have your professor who wants to, you know, teach a class, who has to take at least a good 20 minutes at the beginning of the class to set up the class, right. and then you lose that time in, in teaching, yeah. and it's, it was definitely a bit messy at the beginning, so at least, you know, that's a positive that you can take from, you know, everyone kind of had no choice but to learn. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, especially the older generations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, how can you say like your your company has changed from 2016 to now? Oh, a lot. <laughs> First of all, we all learn a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we change a lot, but um, like it was just a. Um, I remember that um, when we went to the X1 McGill accelerators, the guy was really polite and really helped us. One of our mentors, and he said that you know you're. PowerPoint presentation looks like a high school project, which is wow. totally, totally so correct. <laughs> and then, no, no, but, but he teach us how to go to the next level of pitch, okay. which is totally makes us from like a bunch of uh, nerds, engineering <laughs> females do a project, science project, and then goes to the business level as a startups. Uh, we learn and then thanks to every single mentors and accelerators and uh, incubators that accept us. And we know that like technology has changed so much from 2016 to 20, 2022 now. Oh, yeah. So how is the, how is this vital tracer changed? Um, we pivoted a couple of times, actually in terms of, we, we changed the ideas that um, it was like a, only solving a blood pressure then become that, you know what, with the, same sensor and same hardware, we can not only measuring blood pressure, but oxygen saturation as well. And the same with not changing anything, we could do this and that and that. So it's a, like a all white old science. And then we, we, we had the, like a different models and it was starting with the watch, but then we find that, you know what, when we tested on a feasible study, on yeah. like a geriatric center, we, we find that, um, it's not possible with the watch because patients moving their wrist too often. But, right. but as a patch, it's more uh, steady state positions and 
actually medical doctors don't accept the watch. They, they see it as a gadget still, okay. but they can accept chest patches like a stick. Huh. Maybe because it could be like restricting too. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, now I, I have, I'm, I'm you know, someone who has an Apple Watch, Apple so it's like watch, I see yeah. that it monitors my heart sometimes. My like the at least the if it's you know racing or not. But I didn't think about the fact that it is. I'm, I am if I'm writing, if I'm doing anything, like you're right that it's not stuck and reading everything accurately. So it's a good idea to have something that you you're right that it's not gonna move and. I, but it's cool that it's actually accepted. I didn't know that this was wouldn't be technically kind of accepted. I didn't know that either. Yeah. 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 We'd like to know like how it works a bit better. So like how is it different from an Apple Watch? Sure. Or like a Fitbit? Yeah. So um, the, in the term of the gadgets like an Apple, Fitbit, Samsung, they, mm -hmm. they are for the wellness. For Apple Watch specifically, they, they have a one clearance for one signal, which is ECG. Okay. So they, the only clearance that they have, they can detect irregular heartbeat. Mm -hmm. That's it. Nothing else. Even for their heart rate or oxygen saturation, they, they mentioned that they don't have an FDA clearance yet. So it's not mm -hmm. as accurate as medical device. So you can use it for wellness, but not as a good... Uh, documentations uh, that you you can bring to your medical doctor and say that this is what happened to me okay but uh but ours we are going to uh test the accuracy of our result at the icu level so it's a very accurate devices to to see and then health canada and fda is going to review it to see that if they accept it as same as medical device and also the target market we are going to sell to hospitals. Mm -hmm. So hospital is responsible to pay us. And as a user, medical doctors and nurses are going to be the, the person who's going to interact. Mm -hmm. So the patient is just, um, the patients are because they are more children that they cannot talk mm -hmm. or they are very old people, it's geriatric, that they cannot also communicate clearly. Okay. So we don't... That's smart. Yeah, we don't expect them to say exactly what's wrong mm. but we by a all-in-one technology instead of one device five device in one wireless doing all the uh, okay. interpolations so as of right now if someone went in with like a form from their vital tracer indicating like their health uh like indications the doctor wouldn't be able to say okay this is valid information just yet so the device is not in the market yet. Okay. It's on a clinical trial stage. Okay, we are okay. testing in the in a hospital setting on a real patient in a real scenario. After that, it needed like a year to go to FDA and Health Canada to review all the documentation and give us the permission clearance. Right. And then we are gonna able to go in a real market and sell it. Okay. Yeah. And is your plan for it to be covered by Medicare? Yes, of yeah. course. Okay. Yeah. We want to be as a medical device selling to hospitals, Medicare, all the reimbursement codes going to be available to cover by insurances, private or public. And it'll also be like open to the public. So like, let's say I can go in if I don't have like a medical issue and buy one. Um, that's a good point. It's going to be on long term. Okay. But in, in, in a short term, right now, it's going to be used only by a healthcare provider in a patient setting. So okay. whether the patient sent to home, but they are going to monitor them from home. So mm -hmm. they call it hospitalized home or remote patient monitoring, 
or they are in hospitals in like a general floor or observation unit and nurse need to check them all the time. So instead of the nurse comes all the time, it's going to save lots of time and energy from nurses. They can see all in one in a one yeah, dashboard. Yeah. And kind of abnormality, it can alert to the nurse to go if necessary. Okay, that's, wow. So it's, that's, that's a really good idea too, because I'm sure a lot of people don't want to obviously spend all their time also in hospitals and to be able to have still the health, the, the care that they can get from different places is, is super important. So again, your goal is really to target obviously the, the population that cannot really express themselves. Of course, children will be the type to probably not say everything that they're feeling. And I'm sure, of course, the older population as well. And then with this, the whole process with the FDA must take very long time as well. Yeah. But is your goal for the company to, to grow beyond Canada? Do you want it to be like a global? Yes, of course, for sure. We want to um, save people as much as possible uh, and also save nurses time and energy that they can concentrate on what exactly matter. Okay. And uh, we want also specifically for elderly, we want uh, one of our mission is to make their life healthier and uh, living independent and okay. peace of mind for the caregiver as well at the same time. Of course, I think it's obviously super important for the family around and for, again, besides themselves, also their personal health, at least the people taking care of them. I'm sure as you know, we all have our grandparents as well. And, you know, as they age, things become harder and harder. So I think it's really awesome that you have a target, at least with them as well. And of course, kids, because, you know, you never know who will have heart issues or, or, or health problems in the future as well. So it's, that's really awesome. But wow, I, honestly, the whole process, I'm, it's, it's super cool that you get to go through all of this. And I know, of course, it's probably going to take you, like you said, a few more years until you'll be able to integrate them more into hospitals and such. But it's, uh, it's a really cool company that you have. And I think for us as, you know, young students who don't necessarily know, like, the kind of paths, it's nice to hear different stories from women who, you know, are pushing boundaries and, of course, the experiences of, you know, sometimes you'll have people walk out on, on meetings uh, and, you know, to not discourage you. And to keep pushing, of course, resilience, of course. Um, yeah, and like after hearing all your like challenges you had and all the successes you've had and everything you've had to face, like on behalf of the soon-to-be entrepreneurs or engineers, we want to know um, if you have any advice for young people. Like, what would you say based on your experience? Mm, read the book uh, by Simon Sinek, I think. Find your why and um, find what is you are really passionate about and, Break that down. <laughs> and follow your passion because life is very short and uh, you, you are going to live one time only. Try to enjoy while you are helping others. Okay. And, you know, of course, being a student who've gone through, like, you've been in school, you went through the whole process. <laughs> So, you know, people who are or young students who are looking to do that as well, I know it's very time consuming and I'm sure some people may get discouraged by the amount of time that it could take. But do you have any advice for that as well? You know, people who like I personally, I don't know if I'm going to follow into master's PhD level, but, <laughs> but you know, for, for that's that's what I like to hear from different opinions. We have we had a guest who was saying, you know, you have to make sure that you're passionate about what you're doing. To, to be able to follow out. Because again, if you're not passionate and you're in school for the next 10 years and you're just, you hate everything that you're doing, you're just not going to be happy, yeah. of course. Yeah. So that's, no, it's, it's, it's really great. But um, do you think um, you could have founded this company without having done 
a master's? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. No, no. I need to confess that uh, <laughs> the only reason that this company is here because I did my master and then with my PhD because this is a deep technology startup. It is impossible without doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, like a personal story, like my dad's story, that I really want to help parents to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, if I want to recommend anyone, male or female, doesn't matter. Don't go on medical device hardware. Okay, that's <laughs> the the hardest major. I don't know <laughs> hardest challenge that you can have, like having a hardware and software with the medical. You have to go through lots of uh, challenges, including all the regulatories. So it's really, really, really hard. I think because you're touching upon so many like facets of science, different types of science. Sure. So it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, yeah. the heart, especially you have everything that you're looking at. Of course, but like you said, everything is adapting now. So you kind of have to adapt with the time and with, you know, the science that is constantly evolving. Right. So, I'm sure it is hard, but I think we also do need people to really go and do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. We need a master and PhD students. But uh, if you find your passion, even if you study the whole engineering and find your passion like photography and you find that this is what you really want to do, Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's good advice. That's the thing. A lot of people get also pressured by, you know, society and people around them that you have to become a doctor you have to become you know like a lawyer an engineer like all these very high positions and like it's it's not realistic for everybody that you know everyone has their strengths I know that I wouldn't be able to do you know the photography or to do history or to do any of those types of classes but I'm good at what I'm doing and I'm happy doing what I'm doing also so I think it's a good point that if you you really are miserable in what you're doing and don't continue doing it. Find something that you're happy about. You know? Or if you're good, but you're suffering. If, if mm. like, you, you suffer while you are studying, you shouldn't really go to master and PhD. Mm. The, 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 I love to study. I, I sleep with my articles, reading <laughs> articles and books on my bed, and I wake up with the same passion. And so, so I'm kind of nerdish who wants to study until the end of the PhD. And uh, by the way, I'm coming with the background of Middle East parents that they want all the like a ch- children's have a PhD. So it's like that's my, one of my dads. Like you should go and study PhD. It's like yes, sir, I will do that for okay. you, just for you to make you happy. But um, when I uh, when I'm done with my master, I was super excited with what I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And with my supervisor, I love my supervisor at U Ottawa. And he was, he was helping us a lot in any type. And he's really kind and very understandable in terms of human being. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and he, he offered me that, do you want to continue PhD? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good project, my project. And I know the university, I almost done with lots of the courses. I didn't have that much course. It was like, yeah, why not? So are you still continuing your PhD? Did you complete it? I just submit my thesis proposal wow. an hour ago. Yeah. An hour ago, it's like done. Just an hour ago? Yeah. No way. So you feel really good right now. Not really. No. <laughs> because they need why? to they need to read. The examiner need to read. I have still the defense. Okay, oh. you have the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But usually, like the def- like you usually pass the defense, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because your idea is yeah, there, and yeah. your research is yeah. there to back it up. Wow. 
just a few I'm thinking just a few hours like you're just like rare and then you're coming here that's come crazy to it's really cool though that you're able to at least wait so was it hard to balance also your PhD with this company or because they work together it was okay to do it all at the same time it was really hard but 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 I love to like a work kind of workaholic-ish mm-hmm. so I want I love to like eight hours work and then five hours of study and then wow. a couple wow. of things that's it was like I, I love it that's why it's like, if you love it, yeah, of course, do it. But this is not something that I definitely recommend the rest of the people. Yeah, I think yeah. it really depends every individual person. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to stay, like, do school or study and then, like, right afterwards work and then study at the same time for, it's like, very Focus long days. Long, like, yeah. yeah, you have, like, 15-hour days hours. of just, like, working and doing like, stuff like that, which is super impressive. But, again, if you, if you didn't like it, you wouldn't be doing it. That's right. Hmm. So, at least, that's still super impressive was your degree with or your phd and your master's was it done online as well like or were you doing it from montreal or from uh, ottawa yeah so in my master was uh, i graduated in 2014 or mm. january 2015 so it was in person okay and then uh, we moved to montreal in 2017 i believe so for for that time i all most done with all the courses and it was just a thesis so that's the the rest was a long distance okay sometimes go back and forth if it's necessary once a month or so and why did you want to come to montreal is it better for for what you're doing right now is it a better hub for that or is it that's a really good question actually the reason that we moved because my husband started his master and then PhD at McGill University. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, when I came here, I started going to different accelerators and incubators mm-hmm. with the Concordia University uh, District 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I find that comparing Ontario with the Quebec, um, Quebec government is super supportive in terms of financial. Mm-hmm. And I love the ecosystem in here, startup ecosystem. It's mm-hmm. very diverse, super supportive for women, minority groups, mm-hmm. um, not in terms of only financial, but uh, for any any type, it's any expat, it, it is yeah. it is the best. We, we check the, the rest of the provinces. Quebec is the best. And I'm super wow. happy. Proud. That's, that's, that's good to hear because I know that obviously a lot of people, when you live in Quebec, sometimes you don't realize all these like benefits that we have. You know, we grew up here. Well, at least I grew up here and I know exactly that like, I don't think about all these things, but as someone who comes from that background, you know, who's able to be like, okay, they support me as someone who's not, you know, from here or someone who has just not lived through and who can help support me in, again, finances, but also, you know, your, your, your background and everything. I think that's incredibly important. So that's at least, that's really nice to know about Quebec that they do this. How's it with the French here? Do you? Oh, um, actually, <laughs> that's what I said. Um, it's not that much bad that it's in news. Okay. So I'm unfortunately still in a learning phase mm-hmm. of my French. Hard. Yeah, that's and uh, nor my co-founder Zara is also not uh, French speaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to different competitions that the, the rules was speaking in French. I was mm-hmm. like, apologize and ask them really kind. And they were really kind to accept it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and even in terms of financial, again, government accepted that we are Anglophone and not Francophone. Wow. And um, yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> not, it's not as that much as bad that it's in new. So okay. 
Another recommendations for the youth, um, don't read news. There is no good news. It's always <laughs> bad news. It's toxic. You shouldn't believe any kind of news. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't read news on, unless that it's your like a major. Like I, I read the only news relevant to my my topic and my study and my 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 uh, work because I I have a hope that I can change it. The rest of the news are toxic for me because it's gonna make my brain busy and I make <laughs> me sad and down. I can't yeah. concentrate on what is really matter or what is I really can change it, improve it. So and also close all your social media on the LinkedIn. Seriously, good good luck asking all the students to check out their their social medias. I find, but you're right; it's incredibly toxic. Like incredibly, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. always negative, and it's like there's nothing for you to do. Like you said, like at least you can do something about what you're you're listening to, but otherwise it's just like negativity that you're hearing, and it's definitely not. Yeah making you any better better person you're right you have no control over a lot of the things that are said and 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 99 percent it's fake <laughs> too. even in instagram too. they post all their fancy pictures mm-hmm. they are all, either edited or they're just a just snapshot of that moment you don't know that like Absolutely. his or her disaster life disaster. yeah <laughs> Right? So, true. so it makes you like everyone's happy travel ah in a hot weather why i'm here in middle of six months winter blah 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 it's like okay just close it it's just that's so true though that's that's the thing that i think that at least people in our generation have to realize that you know you look on your instagram you look on every tiktok app. oh my god don't get me started about tiktok it's been too much time on there it's really bad i can't stop it's addicting but see that's what they do they target their the, the people, audience yeah you know if i'm not uh spending time trying to study like i'll open tiktok and then an hour later i'm like oh my god i need to get off of this app like i need to turn it off go away from that but even the news i find it's it's like it's important to stay uh, aware of what's happening but also no you shouldn't <laughs> maybe not <laughs> no come on you shouldn't at all? no no not really? at all yeah I, it's interesting it's an interesting take because i hear i hear both words like it because it is toxic and a lot of time you can't really what change what do you really want to to know about like you know about a disaster happening in climate change energies mm-hmm. like africa's people doesn't have a food or like a clean waters mm-hmm. and there's a lot of politicals yeah that you definitely don't need you know the bad things happening and that's enough so you need to move and do act some things like you your knowledge is enough mm-hmm. to know about the bad things now it's time to concentrate and do some things really that's really good advice yeah. that's a really great advice i think that's important and i think a lot of people forget kind of you know that you can do something if if you are willing to put in the effort for something as well like Like you said, for you, you had someone close to you, your your father, who had this issue, and that was kind of what drove you to go through this whole process and path. And so you decided, like, I want to find a solution that could help him or a bunch of other hymns like they're out there, you know. So that's really great advice, I think, at least from a you know a student who watches the news a lot and who goes on TikTok and social media yeah. a lot. <laughs> good. But I'll, I'll take this advice and I'll try to limit myself a lot more. You need a detoxic yourself. I, I removed all the apps like and I closed it. I like a m- months ago, two months ago, I closed all my social media you accounts. Deleted the accounts. No, I didn't delete my. Account. Okay, I was not okay. that much brave. <laughs> 
okay? But I deleted the it's app on my on my uh, phone, and the only the only account that I have is LinkedIn. That's a good app to have. No, not really. Like it's toxic as well. It is toxic. So it's like I put a limitations on only 10 minutes if I have to go through it. Wow. Because it really makes people, it really makes me sad when I see that everyone is success and all the startups mm, moving yeah. really good except me that I'm the hardest. Most of it's exaggerated too, right? Just right. to make themselves look better, to get yes. that job. Or this like is the marketing. Or like... Yeah, this is the digital marketing that you have to bolt yourself. Yeah. But it's like enough, enough. Yeah, I. You know what? Now that you say that, I, I. I think every time I open LinkedIn, I also see you know people being like, "Today I did this, or I started this new yeah. job," and I'm like, "How did you have the time? New <laughs> positions all the time. People is like, ah, but I'm gonna get the new position. I don't know. Maybe that's never. what I'm saying. It's it is discouraging, and you're right. But it's like I guess for us, it's a way to at least try to connect with people in the industries also, right. Right. which is I think important because when you're a student, you have always a harder time. When you don't have the resources around you, you kind of have to find them yourself. Hundred percent right? true, but you can get the resources. Um, actually, I, I highly encourage all the students to add, uh, like, if they go to any workshops and conferences, add all the peoples at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. and send a message through the LinkedIn. Okay. But this is not something that you need to spend on LinkedIn an hour every single day. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's kind of just. You network, get your name out there, and then from there you can take a step back from the app until you need to communicate with them again and whatnot. So that's a good. But we've reached out to a few people through LinkedIn as well. Like for us, it's a great opportunity to try to get good connections. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, during COVID, you have no choice except online. Mm -hmm. But before and after, it's like get out to your out like comfort zone and Mm -hmm. go and meet the actual people. Go and be in a uh, like a social room mm. and uh, those networkings. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah. So I'm like, happy. Yeah. Uh, District in Concordia, it's mm. present like a different workshops every week that uh, if anyone's interested to know about the entrepreneurship journey, mm. you should definitely, and it's totally free and you're going to love it. So I think a lot of students would benefit from at least hearing about it because I we also, on our lot with our last guest, we were saying that I think a lot of students sometimes don't take the time to go look outside of the of their studies because at least at the beginning they're so focused on I got to finish my degree mm-hmm. I got to do this right now and then they don't always focus but then once you join societies or, or groups that kind of have their their foot in other doors you get to really kind of expand yourself like I'm sure for you it's your first year here right but yeah. you know you're you of course we're looking into women in engineering which I think is great organization and a great society not to, not to be biased you know but you see like it's as a first year I didn't really do that um when I came here but it also was for me it was during COVID that's true. so Different. it was like, really the hard. first thing I was told when I came into Concordia it was like join as many groups as you can yeah. get as involved as you can because like that's how you're going to advance that's how you're going to do well yeah you have to just get out there and the connections, I guess, you form even through your students. Like, you never know one day this person might be incredibly famous or successful or something. And it's like, if you have at least a good relationship with these people, like, you know, if we're engineers and we want to work with somebody else or another company that's with engineers, at least you have a good, you know, rapport with them, right? So you got to be nice to everybody as well, too, right? I'm going to ask you because you have at least the opinions of, like, you've been through all this, but having, being you know, keeping a good rapport with everybody, I'm sure is super important in any kind of business or 
Yes, of course. But um, on the other side, if you messed up with some important person, mm. you can always um, ask for a second chance mm. to make it clear. Rebuild the bridge. Yeah, yeah rebuild exactly. it. It's going to take time, might be, but it's definitely um, worth to try it. Definitely try it. I think the worst they'll say is no. You know, the, it's not like it's going to tear down anything. Like, you can try as hard as you can to at least rebuild, like you said, the bridges and yeah. see where that kind of gets you. And then from there, yeah, you're kind of good, I think, after that. Yeah. But it's very hard to come out of your comfort zone. Mm. But if you want to be, like, grow and be success, you have to always come out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I think that's good too. That's also what we were talking about that, you know, we don't get to do many presentations as much until kind of the end of our degree. And I think that like being able to speak to people, being able to, you know, have, if you're, you know, your strengths, but you know, your weaknesses, work on the weaknesses and kind of, you know, force yourself to, to go out of your comfort zones. If you don't like to talk to people, go talk to people. If you don't like to do certain things, so like true. try to try at least a little bit to do that a bit more. So Good advice. Again, you have really great advice today. And I think it's really helpful for whoever's listening, whoever is, you know, a young student or a potential, you know, young entrepreneur, like we were saying, if you have any uh, doubts about stuff, like you can get it done. If you just have all the effort, you put all the effort that you need to into it, I think you'll be, you could be just as successful. So what advice would you give to young women in STEM specifically? Um, I did bunch of them uh, find your why your inner why mm -hmm. and um, work for what your passion for it definitely um, take care of yourself and be kind with yourself you need mm -hmm. to know yourself be kind with yourself mm -hmm. and uh, even um, if you find some weakness or ask for help always ask for help because lots of people are shy to ask for help mm -hmm. and um, don't read any news. There is no <laughs> good news. It's always bad news and detox yourself from all social media. At the end. Yeah. It's hard when you're young and that's all your whole life is on social media, but you're right. It's so toxic. Yeah. So it toxic. is. It is toxic. Just a little bit, just sometimes a little bit is okay. What do you yeah, just, <laughs> no, she's like, no, don't do it. I had a really bad experience uh, on September and October. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm done. I'm done with it. And I only post my um, daily, like my, my diary. It was my diary that I put only my, only one picture per my diary. And I write some things like from my sense of humor. And then something's really bad happens, like, okay, I'm done with social media. And mm -hmm. I'm really happy because I'm now I have a more uh, peace of mind and mm -hmm. calmness. And do you think it's like built your confidence? No, not relevant to my <laughs> no? confidence. Believe me, it was in my genome. <laughs> no, but um, mental health. Mental health is yeah. something that every single people, whether male or female, doesn't matter, mm -hmm. need to take care of your mental health. And sometimes be alone and check yourself that, are you okay? Are you happy? Do you need any help? Do you need any, like uh, university have a free consultations if you are suffering yeah, from do. anything, mm -hmm. even if you are not happy with yourself and you don't have any other physical or mental disease, go and find, mm -hmm. talk with the one consultation and makes you feel much more better. Yeah. 
This is really helpful and great advice. Thank you for My being on the Iron Ring with us. It was really awesome. Yes. Um, and thank you to our viewers for tuning in. You can watch more episodes on the Iron Ring at Women in Engineering. And lastly, thank you uh, to Fourth Space for letting us record here. If you have an idea for a podcast, please let us know. You can contact us by email at info.4.concordia.ca or find us on social media at CU Fourth Space. We'd love to hear from you. The Fourth Space Podcast is hosted by me, Douglas Moffat, and produced with Anna Vaklebeck. Editing by Chanel Lees Marshall and Maximus Delmar. And our theme music, courtesy of Supercontent. Thanks for listening.